good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever type of day it is. Y'all come on in. Y'all have a seat. Light your blunts up. Pour your drinks. And come fill me right quick. And if this is your first time listening to Feeling the Breeze, then I welcome you to the show. I am your host, Breeza. That's B-R-Triple-E-Z to the motherfucking A. And how y'all doing today? On this show, we getting controversial today. You know, because I do bring that controversy sometimes. I say stupid shit. I do a lot of shit that just gonna make you scratch your head and just like, what? What? But y'all gonna hear all that on the body of the show. As you can see from the picture, then you know pretty much what it's gonna be about. But it's not only gonna be that, it's gonna be some other shit. We're gonna bring TK Kirkland to, to brighten the mood up a little bit later. So I'm just giving y'all my intro and all that good stuff. So y'all stay tuned. Me and Taco are gonna be right back and we're gonna bring you the show. up real quick this Thursday at Staples Center at uh, 10 a.m. if y'all want to come out and celebrate Nipsey Hustle and do it in peace you can be a part of it this is only for California residents only yeah California residents only can come out and celebrate the life of Nipsey Hussle. Now, these tickets are free. People kept saying that they was going to sell them. No, these tickets are absolutely free. But it got to be you. to, And it got to be whoever you get. You can get up to four. And each, whoever you get it, everybody got to show up. So if you want more information, you can download this website called AXS. So A is in Apple, X as in Xavier, S as in Sam. So mobile app. The tickets went on sale this morning at 10 a.m. So I'm sure they like hotcakes right now. So that's going to be your best bet. So come on out. Let's honor Nipsey the right way. Keep it peaceful. And keep the unity together, y'all. Now let's go back to the motherfucking show. y'all welcome back to the show and like i said on the intro we getting controversial today so the first piece of controversial business we're gonna get into is this malcolm x shit now everybody has their opinions 
uh, Malcolm X and the Nation of Islam and Elijah Muhammad and all this stuff. Well, I'm only going to play a few minutes of this video. Me and Taco are going to chime in at our commentary. And uh, that's how we're going to do this shit. Now, title of this video is called Malcolm X, I'm a Dead Man Already. A lot of subliminals in that title already. So, here we go. Minister Malcolm, when you broke with Elijah Muhammad back in March, you said it was because the black Muslims were too narrowly sectarian and inhibited. And because Elijah Muhammad had become blindly jealous of you and the personal following you had gathered. I said the first part, but the last part, I didn't say that Elijah Muhammad himself had become blindly jealous. I mentioned that it was his family and the officials in Chicago. Everything that I said always was designed to protect Mr. Muhammad himself, primarily because the image that he had created uh, was the image that enabled his followers to remain strong in faith and things of that sort. And I didn't want to see any uh, adverse effect or negative result uh, develop in the faith of all of his followers. Mm -hmm. But actually, uh, despite the fact that I tried to protect the Muslim movement, if you'll notice, they uh, used their newspaper to slander me and to label me as a hypocrite and uh, as a rebel. And Mr. Muhammad himself said that I defected. Well, in reality, I never even left the Muslim movement. They put me out. And they put me out because of what I knew. And what I knew was told to me by Mr. Muhammad's son, uh, Wallace Muhammad himself, they put Hmm, very interesting right there. Now, I'm not as conscious about all this stuff as a lot of you are. So I might even be kind of skating on a little thin ice. But like I always say on my show, I keep it controversial sometimes. And this is going to be one of them times. So here we go. Let's go. And they put him out. Well, now, first of all, let's find out what it is that Wallace Muhammad, Elijah Muhammad's son, told you. Well, uh, number one, if you notice, the, the stick that I always used in presenting, representing, and defending the Muslim movement was the fact that it had the ability, ability to reform the morals of the so-called Negro community. It eliminated drug addiction, alcoholism, uh, fornication, adultery, loose sex, sexual behavior which meant that uh, it eliminated bastard babies, illegitimate children. Well, as long as I knew that this was what it represented and it gave me a strong stick, I could represent it and defend it. That's some real shit. That don't sound like a bad plan to try to stop the shit. But again, like I said, I don't really know shit. I ain't that conscious about it yet. I'm just putting out what I'm giving y'all. But don't sound like a bad plan to me. What about you, Taco? I agree. Let's go. But uh, we had a law which uh, meant, which means, which was that uh, whenever any uh, Muslim became involved in any kind of sexual relationship with someone to whom they weren't married, that person would be brought before the Muslim community, humiliated, and then isolated for from one to five years. This was our law. Mm. Well, uh, in 1954, a teenage sister left Detroit and became one of Mr. Muhammad's personal secretaries. And uh, there in the Chicago office, she became pregnant after being there for a year. And uh, she was brought before the Muslim community and humiliated and isolated. 
And uh, a, year, a year later, another secretary, this time one from uh, Lansing, Michigan, uh, came to Chicago. She also became pregnant. She was brought before the community and humiliated and isolated. Wow, so what is that telling you? That there's some hoes in the Muslim community. Let's go. And because the other person was never brought forth during this uh, court session, it was uh, concluded by all of Mr. Muhammad's followers that it was a non-Muslim who was the other party. Mm. Well, we grew so rapidly until that in 1957 or 58, the uh, secretarial staff was expanded to, I think, eight teenage sisters. In 1959, six of them disappeared. Two of them reappeared in Philadelphia about two or three months later, and they were all right. Uh, the other four reappeared in 1960. All four of them had babies. All four of them had uh, become involved with someone and become pregnant and had these children. So it was, uh, from what I now know, when the four of them got back to Chicago and began to compare notes, they found that the same man had told all of them the same story and had made all of them pregnant, that the same man was the father of all four of their children and had also been the father of the ch children brought forth by the two secretaries who preceded them. Hmm. Interesting, huh, Taco? So, now we're going to use a little nigga science right now because it don't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. But basically, somebody, a Muslim, was doing some fucking with these hoes, got these hoes pregnant, tell these hoes, don't you say shit, and the rest is motherfucking history, and that's how this nigga got exposed. Fuckery in the Muslim community. Mm, mm, mm. Shit ain't changed yet, has it? Let's go. So, this story was kept among these sisters until 1962. Two of them rebelled uh, against uh, the person who was responsible and began to tell the story all over the city of Chicago. It caused many of the Muslims in the Chicago mosque to leave and go back out in the street. They knew it. And uh, it, I knew nothing about it until 1963 when um, Mr. Muhammad's son, who had been in prison, uh, came out and he, was a, he had been a minister. He was very religious and spiritual. And when he began to hear these rumors around Chicago, he went to one of the sisters and the sister admitted to him that the rumor was true. And uh, it was he who first told me about it. And when he told me about it, I took, I wrote to Mr. Muhammad and told him about it. And he admitted that he had a knowledge of it and that uh, he'd given me a religious explanation that would fit into prophecy and all of that. So oh, I, oh, oh, trying to cover that shit up. That's what that was. Oh, trying to use Allah to cover that shit up. Oh. <laughs> fuckery, fuckery, fuckery. Hmm. Let's go. It's quiet. And it wasn't until October of uh, 1963 that it came up again and when it came up again i realized that the same person who had uh, made these other sisters pregnant was still busy doing the same thing he hadn't stopped two of the sisters had two children by the same man mm. and one of the two one of those two sisters was pregnant still mm. getting ready to have a third child by the same oh! when it was known uh, among the chicago officials that i had a knowledge of this they become very fearful of me they became very antagonistic toward me and they they had, they had to do something to diminish the authority that I had for fear that if this became public knowledge, the followers would leave the Muslim movement and follow me. And it was oh, what else? 
at that time that they used the statement that I made against President Kennedy as a pretext to cut my authority and uh, some other things happened that finally uh, produced the split or forced the split. And when I made the split, the only reason that I didn't make this public knowledge was I knew the implications and I, I felt that if the uh, Muslims who were in the uh, nation of Islam knew it, that which enabled them to be so strongly religious and uh, exercise moral discipline would be shattered and it would cause all of them to go right back and start doing the things that they had been doing previously. Mm. Who is the father of all of these various children whom you have enumerated? Uh, the first one to tell me who the father was was Wallace Muhammad and he told me that the father was Elijah Muhammad himself. Ooh. One of the sisters. Oh, throw them under the bus. Throw them under the bus with the fuckery. Ah. Damn. To, uh, he went to the home of one of the sisters and when he walked in the door, she said, I want to let you see something. And she uh, showed him her child. She said, here's your brother. And your father is the one, your father is the father of this child. And then I questioned the sisters myself because it, I was shook up. And they admitted to me that Elijah Muhammad was the father of their children. And I took it to him. And it was at that time he told me that he was Muhammad, the prophet. And that Muhammad had nine wives. He also told me that he was David. He was the modern David. And that he, that he was the modern Solomon. And he was meant, it was meant for him to fulfill today all of the things that they did back then. Oh, goddamn. Oh, goddamn. These niggas in the conscious community is following this type of fuckery to this goddamn day. Ah, y'all niggas is crazy. Woo! Oh, goddamn Taco. I know, man. You fall. He fell out laughing. He was laughing so goddamn hard. I know. I know. We're going to take a little quick pause for the cause and we're going to come back with some more shit. Welcome back to the motherfucking show. And we about to get right back into this Malcolm X shit. So this time I'm going to light the blunt up and I'm going to keep doing 
we gonna keep doing what we do. Let's get it. And how many of these illegitimate children did he father with the sisters? Well, he made uh, six sisters pregnant. They all had children. Mm. Two of those six had two children. Uh, uh, one of those two is having a child right now. I am told that there is a seventh sister who's supposed to be in Mexico right now, and she's supposed to be having a child by him. Ooh, hold on, nigga. That means that Elijah Muhammad back then, hold on, we like, ah, shit, oh, goddamn, some of the weed got on me, we, <laughs> we lighting the blood up, but that means that Elijah Muhammad was a wild motherfucker, that nigga said, fuck that shit, I'm about to not strap up, go in these holes, bust these nuts raw, cause that's how it was back then, birth control wasn't such a, wasn't even in existence back then those days, but... Some niggas still practice that shit today. Woo. Let's go. Separate from your wife. It's a physical separation, but it's not psychological. You still have feelings for her and you protect her. Uh, but after the physical separation has taken place for a while, it becomes a psychological separation. It was the same way with me and the Muslim movement. When I first separated, it was a physical separation. But my feeling was still there. And it was only after my trip. Uh, into the Muslim world and, and my pilgrimage to Mecca that I really was able to uh, exercise the objective approach to it that enabled me to see that something had to be done to bring this to light. Otherwise, a whole lot of innocent people would be killed needlessly. Well, these revelations that you are now making about Elijah Muhammad, what effect should they have on his following? Well, I very much doubt that any of his followers who really uh, are aware of what he has done would continue to follow him. Uh, he may try and justify it by saying that he's a Muslim, a Muslim, and that a Muslim has a right to these wives. If this were the case, he, these sisters should not have been humiliated. Mm. These sisters have been looked upon for the past uh, five years, or six years, or seven years, as uh, being guilty of having committed uh, fornication. They have been debased, they have been degraded. I have heard he, I have heard him, himself, Refer to them as having disgraced him. So it. Mm. Saying I ain't want to have shit to do with you. Away with you. Woo! It's a cold game. Mm, mm, mm. Let's go. They were his wives. He should have given them a position of respect so that all of his followers would re respect him and that they would have, his, have the protection of his followers today. Well, do you feel that you then, perhaps, now should take over the leadership of the black Muslims? No, I have no desire to take over the leadership of the black Muslims, and I have never had that desire. But I do have this desire. I have a desire to see the Afro-American in this country get the human rights that are his due. I believe that the Islam religion is the best religion for our people because it creates unity and it gives one uh, uh, dignity and, and uh, racial confidence and all of these things that are necessary to make a complete human being. Are you not, perhaps, afraid of what might happen to you as a result of making these revelations? Oh, yes. I probably am a dead man already. What but, do you uh, He just said it himself. Hence the title, I'm a dead man already. That's what it says on the video. He knew it. He knew once he violated and did all that shit and threw all that shit, he knew what, what it was. He had that secret kumbaya. Come on now, y'all know. 
at that secret kumbaya and they told his ass, nigga, you say anything, nigga, that is your ass. Come on now. You know the game. Y'all niggas know the game. Let's go. Well, uh, when you know, when you understand the makeup of the Muslim movement and the psychology of the Muslim movement, as long as uh, any, if I, I myself, in, by having confidence in the leader of the Muslim movement, if someone came to me and I had no knowledge whatsoever of what had taken place and they told me what I'm saying, I would kill them myself. The only thing that would prevent me from killing someone who made a statement like this, they would have to be able to let me know that it's true. Now, if anyone had come to me other than Mr. Muhammad's son, I never would have believed it even enough to look into it. But I had been around him so closely, I had seen indications of its, of its, uh, of the reality of it. But my religious sincerity made me block it out of my mind. Mm. Have you received threats on your life? Oh yes, uh, I first received threats on my life in December. Or uh, rather, no, yes, in December. No, not in December. In January, when I, uh, when it first became known that I had uh, came back to come back to New York and told the captain of the fruit in New York, who was my right-hand man formerly, and also the secretary of the New York mosque and the minister in Boston, when it became known that I had told them, uh, then uh, an effort was made to shut me up. One brother uh, encouraged to go out to my house and shut me up. And uh, fortunately, it was a brother who was well capable of doing so but it was a brother who was highly uh, intelligent. He was academically equipped to think for himself. And what he was told to do didn't add up. And fortunately, he was the one who put out a feeler to me to find out what was wrong. And I opened his eyes. And then he opened the eyes of the same crew whose job it is to do this kind of work. Mm. You mean he was going to kill you? Oh, yes. Uh, one of them was, uh, an attempt was made to get one of them to wire my car with an explosive. That one is with me right now. Mm. Mm. At some point though That shit caught up to him We saw the movie <laughs> But Most of y'all really know what happened That's just what the movie depicted But I'm sure it is more to it than that But let's go While I was among the Muslims I, I never uh, lived beyond my means And I have learned how to live within means And I still have the clothes that I Uh that was provided for me at that time. I'm in the house that was provided for me, although we're in a court battle, they're trying to get it back. And I have made this statement to them concerning the house that they could have it. If they would take me back, that they would permit me to come before the Muslim movement, the rank and file, and explain or defend myself against all of the charges that they've made against me, they could have the house. But uh, they are going contrary to their own laws by standing up in the mosque and indicting me but never giving me a chance to defend myself. And they say that no one can judge me but Mr. Muhammad. In this case, Mr. Muhammad can't sit as judge because he's involved in the case. Mm. Makes sense to me. I don't even think we need to add anything to that. Do we, Taco? Mm -mm. Then let's proceed. Elijah Muhammad says of the Muslims, we carry no arms and we do not seek to win victory with arms. We do nothing to others that we would not have done unto us. The uh, two brothers were sent after me with revolvers by Joseph, the captain of the fruit in New York. They were armed. When, uh, when a Muslim is attacked, and you'll find this to be the pattern, when the Muslims were attacked in uh, Monroe, uh, Louisiana, 
Uh, Elijah Muhammad gave no signal to anybody across the nation to come to the defense of their brothers. When our brothers were attacked in Los Angeles, again, Elijah Muhammad gave no signal to anybody to come to the defense of those brothers. Never have the Muslims anywhere in the country gotten any kind of instruction from the national office or headquarters on how to defend themselves when they are attacked by outsiders. Damn. Damn. All I can say is inside job. Inside job. Don't that shit sound familiar? What just happened with Nipsey Hussle? Let's go. The only times the Muslims have ever been given any instructions to commit violence is when is when that violence is directed against a fellow Muslim. His followers are violent against Negroes. Against Negroes? Yes, his, his, his followers will go out and attack another Negro like they will attack me. Or they will, or they will uh, brutalize a fellow Muslim who breaks the law. But you don't find those same followers going out and becoming involved in the Negro struggle in any way whatso in whatsoever. Now, the violence that he accuses me of is my uh, uh, tendency to want to participate in the struggle of the Negro at all levels. This is what he calls violence. One question before we go further with that. Has Wallace Muhammad left the black Muslims? Wallace Muhammad was put out of the uh, Muslim movement right along with me. As far as you are concerned, you will accept the fealty, if you will, of any Negro anywhere under any conditions. Uh, you have to de define fealty. Uh, look at, look at, hold on, hold on, let me pause that. Look at him trying to put some words in his mouth and make some, come on, man. This ain't stupid. We know what you're trying to say. He know what you're trying to say. Give you their loyalty. Not me, their loyalty. I'm not seeking for the loyalty of any Negro. But I am seeking that Negroes, for Negroes to learn how to be loyal to themselves. And when the Negro learns how to be loyal to himself, our problem is pretty well solved. Mm. That's just period. Yeah, that's as clear as day. Think for yourself. Millennials, even us old heads, that's for anybody. Think for your motherfucking self. Mm. Powerful. Minister Malcolm, you have suggested that there are all kinds of movements in Harlem growing that you and I don't know about. Oh yes, uh, frustration itself has been has been sufficient. All that was necessary to make Negroes realize the the importance of banding together. And Negroes are banding together. Banding together in what kind of movements? Uh, different kinds of movements, all kinds of movements. And, and they remain almost invisible. They remain almost unknown. But yet they are there. When I say invisible, I mean invisible in the sense that their existence is unknown. And no matter how much you try and track them down, you can't find them. And never try and find them through the Negro leaders. The Negro leaders are famous as apologists. If you recall, one of the most famous Negro leaders in 1959 was asked by you. Uh, about the black Muslim movement. And he said he knew nothing about it. And the next moment, you flashed a picture on the screen with him shaking hands with me. So, uh, if you will recall. So, this is what this is their policy. This is their attitude or their reaction. They never know what's going on in the Negro community. And what form will the activities of these various so-called invisible movements take in Harlem well, this summer? An example. Uh, Commissioner Murphy. Almost every statement that Commissioner Murphy makes 
uh, would give you the impression that he's encouraging the police, rank and file policemen, that, uh, to take whatever method or measures necessary to hold the Negroes in check. Uh, he feeds the type of statistics to the white public to make them think that Harlem is a complete criminal area, that everyone is prone toward violence. This gives the police the uh, impression that they can then go and brutalize the Negroes or suppress the Negroes or even frighten the Negroes. Whenever something happens, 20 police cars converge on one area. This doesn't frighten Negroes. So it means that someone is either misinforming Commissioner Murphy and making him use tactics this year that he would not use four years ago or that... Ain't that shit... Ain't that shit cracking off now and back in the day? Nigga was on point. Kennedy would not use. And, and this uh, force that is so visible in the Harlem community creates a spirit of resentment in every Negro. They think they're living in a police state and they become hostile toward the policeman. They think that the policeman is there to be against them rather than to protect them. And these thoughts, these frustrations, these uh, apprehensions automatically are sufficient to make this... Uh, make these Negroes begin to form means and ways to protect themselves in case the police themselves get too far out of line. And on that note, we're going to take a quick pause for the calls. The world, Macho Man Randy All right, welcome back to the show. We about to switch it up for a minute. And we we about to get straight stupid right now. We about to bring some motherfucking TK motherfucking Kirkland. He about to get straight stupid. Funny ass shit. 
Hell yeah, y'all already know. So without further ado, here go TK motherfucking Kirkland. Let's get it. We got to start having a sign that we do each other for people who have AARP. You know, now I'm an AARP member. You know, I'm 57 years old. You know, now, oh yeah, I I just look young because I eat pussy and use Noxzema. And that's extremely important. Look at the old, all the old guys looking at me like, I don't eat pussy. <laughs> TK, can you calm down there? You know, calm it. Yeah, you got to eat pussy and work out, take care of yourself. I'm like, you don't eat pussy no more, you lazy. You lazy, you lazy. <laughs> all the words about you know, And it's true. Ladies, most of you women, when you have sex, are supposed to get 750 strokes a night when you pop. Now look at y'all looking at me like, 750 strokes? <laughs> I've never had 750 strokes. Have you had 750 strokes? <laughs> I had 14, maybe 15 strokes. <laughs> but I ain't never had 750 strokes. Nah, you're supposed to get 750 strokes when you fuck. But once you pass 37, you lose 22 strokes a month. <laughs> I'm down to 19 strokes. So when hoes think I'm trying to holler, now I'm not trying to holler, bitch. I just want to snuggle because I got to wait a few months for the numbers to roll back. <laughs> and then bitches on, you know? <laughs> you know, it's important, you know? You, you can't date no more when you're 57 like the way you want because I'm confused, you know? I still want a young bitch, you know? still certain people I want to fuck with, you know? And I can't date people over 40, you know? I'm going to fuck with bitches over 40. <laughs> Cause they start losing cartilage in their knees. <laughs> nah, you ever go with a bitch over forty? <laughs> she, she always talking about her kneecaps. Oh, you know, like, oh, you feel that? Oh, it's clicking. Oh shit! <laughs> it's clicking. Baby, just when you hear the click. Oh shit! Click. Oh god! I don't fuck. I don't fuck bitches over fifty, cause when when you fuck them, they always talk about cut the ceiling. What? What? Cut? Cut the ceiling? Because the fan be drying out the pussy. Cut the ceiling. Cut the ceiling. That's what they be saying. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God, so they do. You know, oh, you, can't, you can't fuck young bitches because you give them some good dick. The next one, you're like, can I have 40? <laughs> you're like, bitch, what the fuck? I'm all fucked up now. Shit is insane. So you just don't, you just don't know what to do in relationships no more. You know. Everybody thought men didn't cheat. You know, everybody looked at Kevin Hart and thought Kevin Hart didn't cheat. Shit, every nigga cheat. You know, he, all these these old here got side bitches. <laughs> this motherfucker right here got a side bitch. <laughs> oh, he he pointing to an old ass nigga with a hat on. Old ass grandpa. <laughs> that nigga like he about sixty eight years old. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> I know you got a side man. Look at the hat. Look at the suit. <laughs> you know that's why I'm working hard 
So my kids would never think about putting me in retirement home, but I got a plan though, you know? They put me in a senior citizen home within a week. Staff gonna be calling to about come get your father. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking everybody. <laughs> Cause I'm fucking the staff. I'm fucking the bitches that just came in. I swear to God, they're like he fucking everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry, son. I had to get y'all. Put me up in here, all these old bitches and shit. Somebody gonna be rubbing my feet. <laughs> no. And then you know what? I don't want nobody my age. I don't like when I'm 82, she 82, and every morning we're looking at each other to see who's going to die first. Because <laughs> that's what you're thinking about. If you're in a couple and you've been together a long time, I don't give a fuck who you are. Human nature in the back of your mind. You're like, I hope I outlive this bitch. <laughs> you know, I hope I get the insurance money. <laughs> all this motherfucking money I put in all these years. Let this bitch die first. So at least I get one Caribbean cruise. <laughs> I just, I just want one Caribbean crew. <laughs> you know, this bitch getting on my nerves, you know? Can't know a motherfucker. They always like, you know, they always want you to get married. That's what they say all the time, right? Like, you should get married because I don't want you to be alone. Like, I already got it set. If I pass out of my house, I got snacks all on the floor <laughs> that I can crawl to and eat until somebody don't <laughs> save my life and shit. You know, I change them every three months. I got peanuts and, 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 and candy. And know that kind of shit. In certain locations, God, I know where I'm gonna fall at. And when I walk to my house every day, I'm like, you know what? I know right here I'm gonna fall right here. <laughs> I'm gonna have to crawl over to go get the snacks. You're like, TK, how'd you do it? I had snacks on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have snacks on the floor. Uh, who's talking when I'm talking? Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Let's get some rules in here now. All right, I know we laughing, but I run a different ball game here. This is the reason why our society is fucked up, because you just think you can do what you want to do. Not tonight. When I'm on stage, we show focus, discipline, and you're going to pay attention. That nigga said discipline. This is, this is the type of leadership our women need in the world. You know, you can don't choke these hoes no more. <laughs> All you hoes need to be choked. <laughs> I'm looking at you. You spit talking your man. You, you you bullying them and shit. Listen, fellas, if your bitch ever get lying, choke your bitch. <laughs> but make sure the pinky out because the pinky out is not a felony. <laughs> I guess he know, huh? For real. Cops come to buy. Did you choke her? Yes, sir. Was the pinky out? The pinky was out. Let's go. He choked the bitch, but the pinky was out. Because we got to start showing these young kids how to take care of these women, right? You got Rob Kardashian. Never did. No one taught that motherfucker no game. Black China knew she was going to put that pussy on his ass and get her. We all knew this way up in Brooklyn. How the fuck is going to figure that out? They way in motherfucking Cali. She coming to get you. So that's why we got to give men game. Don't disrespect all, all you women. All you women not hoes. You saw, I'm looking around. Some of y'all, most of y'all was hoes. So. <laughs> but you, you're close to death now. And you're looking at life differently. You know, you are getting close to death. So I'm, I'm only all over, over 40, right? How old are you? Baby, I bet you about to die. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wrap, bitch. What you talking about? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You gotta have a good time. It's just my right here. <laughs>
<laughs> That's my dude. He just be having that walk. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy out here. You know, it went back to Kevin. Listen to me, fellas. Are you ever going to cheat on your girl? And you got a side bitch. And your money. One, you shouldn't be fucking a side bitch anyway. Because a lot of y'all ain't got 50000 in the bank. See, to have a girlfriend, you should have at least 25000 in the bank. To be a husband, you should have about 75000 in the bank. Because it means if you don't, you're not qualified. You want a house, right? In order to get a house, you got to have a good credit score and a nice down payment because you have to qualify. It's the same thing with having a relationship. If your money ain't right, you're not qualified. Pussy is for sitting to accomplish something. If you don't accomplish nothing, you don't deserve no pussy. Right. here getting free pussy for free. Give some dick back to the lady or some pussy back because you don't deserve no pussy. <laughs> And it's real talk. You ladies, too. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. I hear fucking men without a debit card. <laughs> Who raised these bitches? And it's not your fault. You got the kids out here slinging dick like they successful. <laughs> you guys are getting dick and bitches down like they got money in the bank. And you, your financial situation is fucked up. But yet you still approach a bitch knowing you're about to destroy her life. Some of you didn't get so fucked up. Y'all bring a bitch over to your apartment and allow you to don't have a bedroom set. <laughs> you have a mattress on the floor. <laughs> with a towel over the window, pretending that it's a curtain. <laughs> Again, who raised you? <laughs> Allow you to lose again the fuck all night, but allow you don't even have snacks. Fuck all night and don't have snacks. Bitches love snacks. When a girl get up and pee about 1.30 in the morning, she looks through your cabinets. She comes up to the barrel scratch on the titties, honey. Do you have any snacks? A lot of you guys like getting your dick sucked, but you have nappy hair on your balls. <laughs> then you can take a picture of your balls. <laughs> Would you suck your balls? <laughs> uh, who raised you? <laughs> a lot of you can say over 25. You don't have a car. A bitch picked you up tonight. You got on the passenger side. She locked the door. She told you to put your seatbelt on. <laughs> Oh, my bad. Who raised you? Oh, fell out. <laughs> Some of you niggas in here moving with your bitch. Let me repeat it. Some of you niggas in here moving with your bitch. Where I'm from, that's considered a weak-ass man. What's so fucked up? You niggas moved in and you didn't have luggage. <laughs> you came with happy bags. <laughs> what grown-ass man don't have motherfucking luggage? Like, and, who raised you? <laughs> and I feel sorry for you women. I do. I feel sorry for you. Because hoes, we talking about y'all. <laughs> you go on to work. You go on to work and these guys are not s- sitting at the house while you at work and got a nerve to be hot and go to the wall and adjust the thermostat. <laughs> Fellas, you can't touch the thermostat unless you contribute. If you can't contribute, then don't touch the motherfucking thermostat. Stay hot all motherfucking day. (laughs) 
use cold water. Don't turn on the hot water. You don't deserve it because you're not qualified. <laughs> feel sorry for you ladies out here hard working and gave babies to the wrong ends out here in the world. And kids here to grow up not knowing who their daddy is. It's a shame. Man. I know you ladies want love. You know, you want to get dicked down and, and your titties sucked and shit. But you got to... You gotta be a lot more distant. It's too late now. I'm looking at y'all. This is right. <laughs> this is it. You bitches. Uh, in 10 years, all oh, y'all gonna be dead in this month. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking around the room. Yeah, a lot of y'all got about three weeks. <laughs> this is it. This is the last show. Niggas in three weeks. <laughs> you motherfuckers ain't gonna be around. And I'm, and I'm glad I got here to come perform for y'all. <laughs> you know, you know. Because when you get older, you know, I know some of y'all a little touchy about some of the shit that I'm saying. Because you think because you get older, God forgot all the shit you did back in the day. But let me tell you why I'm here. God sent me here today. God told me when I was driving up the turnpike, he said, TK, when you go in there, I need you to deliver a message to them house. <laughs> and let them know that he keeps video of everything you've done since 21 years old. So when you die, you just don't go straight into heaven. You got to fill out some paperwork. <laughs> and then the ushers take you to this room. They're like, roll the tape, angels. Roll the tape. <laughs> some of you hoes going to be like, stop the tape. Stop the tape. I don't want to say the tape no more. Stop the tape. Because there's nothing wrong with hoeing if you blew up. If you didn't blow up and you was hoeing, you mismanaged your pussy. And I'm looking at y'all. We had the diner. <laughs> you having to cheat <laughs> Your pussy kept you in the barrel We having a ball I want to give a shout out To all the women in here Who don't believe in sit ups You like fuck a treadmill Fuck a salad Fuck going for a walk well, this is the way you feel. Why do you wear a belt around the stomach like we don't see the fat? What type of superhero is this? <laughs> Every time I see a bitch with a belt around her stomach, I go, da 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 da. I'm a stomach hero. <laughs> I'm a stomach hero. Hate to see a woman with a cheap weave. Because mm. cheap weaves leaves evidence. Hate to see a woman with a wig, because that means the hair, and if the wig is not done, means you're lazy. I'm in Vegas and I snatch up a fine bitch after the show. Because I'm successful, I'm a thousandaire. This is what I do. <laughs> so we go back to the hotel and I think it's appropriate that you wash your ass before you have sex. I was just raised properly. But me being a street man, when I get out of the shower, I notice that I'm out of my peripheral vision, there's a different bitch on the couch. <laughs> I'm going to make eye contact. Let's go to the closet, get the gun, hide it behind my towel. And I rest of it, yo, bitch, raise up. Where the bitch I met at the club? She's like, TK, who raised you? I'm like, bitch, put the wig back on. You can't be two people in the same motherfucking night. <laughs> bitch, who raised you? <laughs> and guys, no matter how fine a woman looks in the club, and ladies, no matter how handsome a man looks in the club, a relationship cannot get serious until you see how one lives at home. So since I have never lived with a man, I can only tell you about a woman. And ladies, a lot of y'all have not upgraded your face club game in years. Your face club game 
is horrible. I'm over the woman's house. I'm going to take a shower. I know there's no fresh face cloth, no soap, no towel. So I pull back the shower curtain. I say, excuse me. <laughs> Can I have a fresh face cloth? Here this bitch come back with a very thin, very cheesy face cloth. I hold it under the water. It lose all this motherfucking color. I say, yo, bitch, upgrade your face cloth again. Now there's a soap dish. Why ain't there no motherfucking soap? Here this bitch come back with six little itty bitty pieces of soap. I said, bitch, what you want me to do with these six little itty bitty pieces of salt? She said, hold it under the hot water and mold it into one bar of salt. Bitch, who raised you? y'all come on in settle back down we closing this show yeah I know that was a good ass show right there told y'all I'd take y'all in so many different directions but I was feeling the breeze y'all know how I do I want to thank everybody for listening and tuning in everybody have a great day you know, just be safe out there today. Whatever you're going to get into, be good at it. Be safe. And uh, just a huge shout out to everybody out there for listening to the podcast. We thank y'all. Shout out to MK. Check him out up on here on the Wingman Chronicles. And go check him out on his Ass Kicking Supreme. 13. Shout out to Big Moo. Shout out to everybody who listens to the podcast. And me and Taco the Bell, we about to get the hell up out of here. And as always, y'all, always believe we out of here.